Hello and welcome to the Rolling with Old Cars podcast brought to you by the editors at Old Cars Magazine celebrating 50 years in the hobby this year. You could check us out in print, of course, or visit us online at www.oldcarsweekly.com or through our social media accounts, Facebook or Twitter. Make sure to sign up for our free weekly e-newsletter. Uh, I'm Brian Ernest. I'm the editorial director at Old Cars. And this week, we're really happy to be joined by Craig Floyd, who is the president of the early Ford V8 Foundation Museum in Auburn, Indiana. And if you aren't familiar with this wonderful museum, check out their website, FordV8Foundation.org. Start planning a visit and driving around their website. They have a lot to offer. Th Craig, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I guess I kind of wanted to start at the beginning with a little background on the early Ford V8 Foundation. Now, this is obviously separate from the early Ford V8 Club of America, both focusing on the era from 32 to 53, that glorious flathead Ford era. But if you could give us a little history lesson kind of on how the foundation got started and what its mission has been over the years. And, um, and you're right, we're, we're two entities with this, uh, separate entities with the same mission in, in mind. Um, really our, our foundation is the 501c3 arm of the early Ford V8 club and foundation. So we're a nonprofit. Uh, we're really dedicated to um, preserving the, the flathead Fords and everything associated with anything from 32 to 53 with the early Fords. And um, on top of that, uh, as a 501c3, we're um, trying to outreach and educate the public and really um, uh, push, I guess, be able to share our knowledge and be able to make sure that everybody is, is, is has access to it. Oh. We've got some more big news to talk about in the future, but I guess I wanted to have you back up a, a couple of years. The museum has grown a lot over the years. You had a big expansion two, three years ago. I guess you're up to 27,000 square feet now, I believe is the total. Uh, it's not brand new anymore, but kind of back up a little bit. Tell us how that unfolded, because that really changed the, the museum a lot, didn't it? It certainly did. It certainly did. When they, um, when our, the, the gentleman that first put our museum together, the, the ladies and gentlemen that put our, put our museum together, were really just trying to get a building to house all of our collection or most of it. And it was in many scattered parts around the country. And that was the first phase of our building. We went and had our second phase, which was an expansion of about 20,000 20, square feet, which was two additional galleries. One of them was the uh, Frank Corey Gallery, a, a gentleman from New Mexico that gave us a really nice uh, donation and a large uh, uh, donation of cars that helped us fund that and build that gallery. And then our second gallery is uh, the uh, 36 Ford showroom. And it's really basically um, anything that you could have bought in 36 from the early, from a Ford dealership is in that display area and it's meant to look like a 36 Ford showroom and on the very front of it we have kind of an homage to the rotunda which was a Ford icon back in the world's fair I'm going to get my dates wrong on it so I'm not even going to say them but at any rate it's a smaller version of it on the front of the building that really took the museum from just kind of a, a, a collection to a real museum and we're really excited about that it was only about two years ago that we completed that and had our ground up breaking and um, so it was uh, it was nice to be able to do that and have the area to do that. But we've now moved on and we've got another expansion coming as well. And the Floyd Motor Company, the 36 Fords you mentioned in a fabulous dealership setting, which is really unique. 
You got your name on the wall there, Craig. Uh, it, tell, it, us, it, tell us where, for people who don't know, <laughs> tell us where those cars came from and how your uh, last name's up on the wall there. It, it was, um, I'm fortunate enough to be Joe's son. Uh, my father, he has a, a collection of 36 Fords and we really wanted him to do something with them before he passed. So we knew that they were together. So um, he had been working with the early Ford V8 Foundation and um, really thought that that would be a good place because as you've said in your previous podcast, Auburn, Indiana is a fabulous little town. There is so much to do there. And it's kind of like an onion. The more you, the more time you spend there, the neater things you find. It has some beautiful museums and we're, like I tell everybody, we're the other guys, but we have a really, really nice museum that's, right. that, that in my mind is, uh, can stand shoulder to shoulder with the museums in Auburn, but it is a beautiful town for that, uh, for that collection and that museum. And um, uh, by having all the 36s that, you just needed to do something with them because there weren't many of those people that have that collection and not many of us you know, have the opportunity to go back in time and look at that, um, that type of history. So by able to, being able to donate them to the museum, my father was able to uh, a, keep them together and really make a, a, a real uh, slice of history or a real uh, picture in time. So when you walk in, it is down to like the desk that's in the showroom for the salesman. That desk's from Northern Michigan, and it is a period correct 36 desk. So we were really lucky that the group that helped um, put that um, that part of the museum together, uh, Group Delphi, is just they're a wonderful museum group that puts uh, displays and collections together, and really did a nice job telling the story. And again, that's what our mission is to tell the story of the 36s and promote the 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 way Henry built them in the steel. But um, I'm I, again, I'm just lucky enough that it was my dad's vision and my dad's um, idea to put them all there. And I'm uh, like you'd said, I'm president of the board of directors. Again, um, I'm really fortunate to have that opportunity to help them and to further the museum. And uh, so it's 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 by uh, only just good luck that my name's on the wall. <laughs> now, you mentioned a couple of collections. Obviously, your father's one of them. Um, are you? Does the museum get cars then on loan then and donate it from time to time? Or, you know, if somebody's got a really nice car that they think is going to fit today, do they get a hold of you and ask if you'd like to display it for a while? Do they donate cars? Do cars change in and out from individual ownership? Uh, you know, how do you acquire some of the cars that wind up there? It's uh, that's a really good question. And um, like all museums, donations um, are really what keeps us moving forward. And we were fortunate enough again that Joe saw that the, the value of keeping his collection together and displaying them. So that was one large donation, but um, we're always looking for cars to be donated to us because again, we're always trying to preserve and keep them. But like everything, not all cars can be displayed. So if they're not displayed, maybe they were gonna use them in another program where we actually drive a lot of cars and teach kids to drive cars with stick shifts, or it might be one of those that we get it to another collector that really uh, will appreciate that car too. And that's kind of what our expansion is, is a really um, non-exciting part. It's a really big storage area because we are getting so many donations and so many cars that um, really are worth displaying. The cars that we get on loan is, is really um, 
getting smaller just due to the fact that we have such a limited space for display. But by having our, our new building that we're going to be working on this year and hopefully having a grand, uh, grand opening next year, that will allow us to rotate collections like museums do and then be able to display really significant cars. Like currently right now we have, a, and again, I'm going to get it wrong. It's a Ford Model B and it's a really, I can't tell you the year on it. It's a really, really beautiful car, but again, a really significant automobile that needed to be displayed. And again, research library too. Literature publications are a big part of the foundation and the museum's mission. Um, if you're a historian or a researcher or a restorer, uh, the museum is sitting on a goldmine of information. It's a lot more than just cars, too. I mean, if you're a, if you're a, a history guy or if you're a restorer that really needs to get into the minutia, you guys got a lot of stuff there for people like that. Absolutely. And um, in our library area, there's stuff in there that... Um, I jokingly tell them I fell down the rabbit hole quite often reading stuff I'd never, never knew that we'd had. And you name it, it's it's out there. And that's the other nice thing about our Facebook page and emails and stuff like that. We're always getting questions on how this looks and how that works. And we're lucky enough to have in the early Ford V8 club some really, really good advisors and experts that have put together some fantastic literature that this is the way it should be and this is how it was built. So that information in itself is, is invaluable, but we're able to also um, pass that information on through um, books and through all the stuff that's been published by the early Ford V8 club, which really is invaluable to people in the hobby and people that are researching it and then restoration too. No, Craig, one thing that I always think is such a good idea when museums get involved is, is when they start having interactive things and people can come and if not get a ride in a car, at least see the cars in motion, hear them. Um, what kind of stuff have you kind of incorporated over the years where people can come and actually see the cars move and interactive things and, you know, stuff where there's action, you know, not just static displays. I mean, have you made conscious efforts to kind of go that direction? We amongst ourselves jokingly say that we're the museum that runs and drives. All of our cars run, all of our cars are driven. We, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I get that. <clears throat> choked up about it uh, um no we actually take all of our cars out and and it's that's another thing about it is being able to do an outreach to the public and let them see those cars driving that's really important and there's a lot again back to auburn there is such a car culture around there there's always something in that area within 100 miles of auburn there's probably a dozen world-class museums and car events that are just just fantastic to go to so the the it's very easy for us to take the cars out and take them to events for people to see them because there is such uh, an interest and such an enthusiasm for them in the areas and where the acd festival is one really great weekend there there are stuff there's so many other events in that area all year long where you can take cars out and and people can see them so even down to like our 36 or our 39 school bus that is it gets such a good response because you just don't see them out driving now we don't even need to go into this past year for most museums you know the last year wasn't the greatest it wasn't much very much fun but you guys it didn't stop you from you guys have got big plans going forward here i mean you guys didn't kind of sit there idly you've, you've got things cooking tell us about you know some of the big news that's coming up 
We were really fortunate to be in um, on really good footings. The people that put our muse museum together really were um, uh, conscious that we needed to be able to pay the bills and stay open. So when this happened, it was it was scary, but we we were ready for it. I mean, yeah, okay, you can't say we were ready for it. Nobody was ready for it, but we were in a position where it happened. Our uh, staff was able to stay on. We did a lot of things around the museum. Like we took apart one of our major displays for like a month so we could repair it and get it back together again. So we really looked at it as an opportunity to move forward. And when we got done, um, we were able to hire another full-time person on our staff. And, and as soon as that happened, we've been really in need of, of a bigger building and more space for our collection and for our restoration and um, for education. And so our uh, plans were to uh, build another building on the campus, a standalone building. And as soon as uh, things started looking light at the end of the tunnel and we could actually have the public back in the, the, our facility, we decided to, to, to double down and and build that building. We've gotten the foundation work done, the concrete work is done, and we're in the midst of a large fundraising campaign that's just been fantastic. We've had really good response. And again, we've never uh, you know, tried to um, live beyond our means. So we've really been able to, um, you know, our first expansion, we were able to pay that off fairly quickly. And this expansion really looks like we'll be um, it, it won't be a huge debt burden for us, but um, it, it's it's we really are, are, are confident that we will be in a really good position. And the other side of it, uh, most museums have to have or all need to have is um, an endowment. And that's one of those things that you don't really see from a, for a museum. It's like the foundation right. that's in the ground that nobody gets to see. And we're really lucky that um, people have seen the value of the endowment and have been able to contribute to that. Because there again, that's kind of our rainy day fund. And in the effect that something bad happens, we can weather those things and, and move forward. So we're in really a good positive financial footing, which um, I just don't think a lot of museums were able to say after, um, after this whole last couple of years. All right, Craig, so you get to take one of the cars from the museum out for the day. You only get one. You get to take it out and have some fun. You're going to take the school bus. What are you going to take? What You got you to take it back at the end of the day, and you don't have to worry about banging it up. What are you going to take out and have some fun with? Well, yeah, I knew this question was coming, so I had <laughs> to think about it. Oh, I would say it would have to be probably the 36 Roadster. It is such a kick in the pants to drive. And um, it is, uh, it's just one of the nicer cars in the collection. I, they're all beautiful cars in the 36 collection, but the 36 Roadster is the one. All right, we'll go, we'll go with that. Give me a call when you're gonna take that out. All right, Shaq. Uh, you stop by anytime. I've, uh, I'll take you driving <laughs> and anything in there. Cause really the, the gem of the collection is the, the stainless steel 36 uh, two-door um, back. That, that car is, the, and that one is one that we try to drive as often as possible. And uh, it, is, uh, it is just a, a, an absolute uh, pleasure to drive because it is completely new old stock when they redid that car. So it's like a brand new car. All right, be careful what you wish for there. Craig. We'll <laughs> show up on your doorstep and you won't get rid of us. Um, well, uh, anytime, anytime you have an open invitation, we'll take you in anything. <laughs> like I said, we're the museum that runs and drives. You walk in, I'll take you out in anything you want to go. 
All right. If folks want to come and visit the museum, when's a good time? What do they need to know? Give us a good free plug here. Um, we are open seven days a week. Anytime you want to come is a good time. Um, we're, like I said, we're always there. We're always open. We always want to have something to take out and play with it. So don't be surprised what might be driving out the front door when you get there. Terrific. Thank you very much, Craig, for joining us. That's going to do it for our podcast this week. Uh, again, another reminder, speaking of free plugs, uh, don't forget to visit us at oldcarsweekly.com and on our Facebook page and social media outlets. Make sure you sign up for our free e-newsletter. And if you're not a subscriber to Old Cars, we'd love to have you on board as we celebrate 50 years in the old car hobby. I'm Brian Ernest, and for all our folks at Old Cars headquarters, thanks for joining us on Rolling with Old Cars.